clay tablet is small, small enough to fit in the palm of your hand, and half of it's missing, broken off and lost to time. It's also old, very old. It dates around 1500 BC and it hails from the land between the rivers, the cradle of civilization, Mesopotamia. The tablet is a relic from the ancient Babylonian Empire, who dominated the region for centuries. Babylonian artifacts, while certainly rare, by no means unheard of. This small, broken tablet isn't that remarkable in of itself. It was not until it was examined closely under bright lights that a, a faint sketch was revealed. And it is the sketch that makes this tablet incredibly noteworthy. It's kind of why we're, we're talking about it, I guess. Scholars believe the, the figure in the sketch is the first known depiction of a ghost. A ghost. Many believe that the tablet is actually an instruction manual for ridding a household of pesky spirits, a kind of ancient world exorcism. And eerily enough, the, the section ends with what seems like a warning for those that perform this ritual. Do not look behind you, it says. Creepy. While the tablet from Babylon may be the oldest discovered reference to ghosts, it is almost certain that the belief in spirits from the beyond is much more ancient. The concept is likely as old as religion itself. And as civilization has evolved over time, so has our perception of ghosts. In medieval Europe, they were most often depicted as skeletal beings. This evolved into the semi-transparent, chain-rattling phantasms of the Victorian era. Poplar today is populated by the entities like Shadow People and the Grinning Man, Skinwalkers, and various other spectral-esque entities. Ghosts, it seems, have always walked among us, and at times, lived with us. Furlow. Welcome to Strange Wanders, our Halloween mini-episode.
Okay, we're uh, we're leaving uh, Mesopotamia now, and we're going to travel halfway around the world to another land whose history was also shaped by a mighty river. I'm speaking, of course, of Mississippi. One town in Mississippi that owes its prosperity to that river that gave the state its name is Vicksburg. That's with a V, V-I-C-K-S-B-U-R-G. Vicksburg is built along the bluffs on the east side of the mighty Mississippi and was the scene of one of the most consequential battles of the American Civil War. A few episodes ago, we took a trip through the the haunted battleground that was the setting of the siege of Vicksburg. Now, the Vicksburg National Military Park, you can check that out in episode one for a few of the spooky happenings that occurred on those grounds. But our stop today isn't in the park. It's it's rather a private residence that's actually in the city. This house is called McRaven. And it's reputed, reputed to be, to be the, the most haunted, haunted house. house in Mississippi. The spirits that reported to uh, haunt the McRaven house include a, a former highwayman, a young girl who died at childbirth, and some Confederate sympathizer who was eventually killed by Union soldiers. The house started simply enough, just the original section of McRaven known as the the Pioneer section. was nothing more than a kitchen with a single room above it. This was built by the house's first owner, Andrew Glass. Two decades before Mississippi received its statehood, in fact, it when the first section of McRaven was constructed, the, the Louisiana Purchase had yet to happen, meaning that the land was actually a possession of the Spanish crown. Glass's original intention was that the structure would serve as a way station for travelers journeying back and forth between Nashville and Natchez. However, it, it wasn't long before Glass decided on a more lucrative and decidedly dark business venture. Glass took to robbing those same travelers along the route between Natchez and Nashville, known as the Natchez Trace. Rather than a resting place for the the weary, McRaven House became the, the hideout for the increasingly notorious highwayman. Glass got away with his crimes for a while, and when a detachment of French soldiers made camp close to his property, he couldn't resist the opportunity for a potential big score. The plan was simple. Slip into the encampment, quietly, grab whatever loot was uh, for the taking, and haul back to McRaven. Military men, however, proved a little more difficult to deal with than say, merchants and traders. Glass was discovered and shot. He did manage to flee from the camp and make it back to his property, but, but he also knew that the, the French soldiers wouldn't be far behind him. Stumbling into the house and surprising his horrified wife, Glass collapsed. The story says that his wife set to nursing him. Glass allegedly begged her to kill him, 
so he would not fall back into the hands of the, the Frenchman. Which she summarily did by slitting his throat. Effective, actually. Now, whether the, the story is accurate and this was an act of mercy, or a convenient tale Mrs. Glass spun to cover an opportunistic murder. Regardless, and Andrew Glass became the first death on McRaven's grounds. And is believed to be one of the, the spirits that haunts the house today. A sheriff in the area, Stephen Howard, bought the property in 1836 and enlarged it. He added a dining room and another bedroom. His plans were to spruce it up and make it comfortable for a, his 15-year-old wife, Mary Elizabeth. She also was, was pregnant with their child. Now, we all know the dangers childbirth can hold for a, a woman of such a young age. Add to this the primitive medicine of the day and living in what was basically wild frontier land at the time. You see how there's a, a high probability for tragedy. And unfortunately, tragedy is just what happened. Mary Elizabeth Howard became the second death in McRaven House, the very year her husband bought the home. Of all the ghosts who call McRaven home, Mary Elizabeth seems to be the, the most frequently encountered. Maybe dying at such a young age left her spirit so unfulfilled and restless. Maybe she's still looking for her baby or just some purpose in life that she was never offered. Whatever reason for her spectral visits, her figure is often spotted on a, on a staircase and the lights in the room in which she pass, they'll flicker and even switch on and off or just come on inexplicably. In 1849, McRaven was purchased by John Bob. John Bob, who initiated a final building phase, Bob added Greek Revival-style architectural elements to the home and improved the property's gardens and landscaping. Bob and his wife, Selena, lived peacefully at the home until the serenity was interrupted by the roar of cannon fire. The Civil War had come to Vicksburg and Bob converted his home into a hospital for Confederate soldiers injured during the siege of the city. Although we, we don't have specific records, the tradition holds and is likely true that many, many soldiers died from their wounds while in that home. Vicksburg fell in 1863 and became occupied by uh, Union forces. For his part, Bob set about repairing damage to the house and tending to those gardens of which his wife were especially proud of. So proud, in, in fact, that when a group of alleged drunk Union soldiers traps through the, their property, trampled his flowers, and began helping themselves to his vegetable garden, he threw a brick at the group and struck one soldier to the ground. The soldiers did leave, but not before shouting threats that they would be back. 
realizing his quick-tempered act could possibly uh, put his family in danger. After assurances that the offending soldiers would be dealt with, Bob made his way back to the McRaven house. He didn't make it inside. They intercepted Bob in front of his home and they took him off to a bayou on McRaven's grounds, shot him and killed him. Selena Bob, now a widow, sold the property in 1869 and moved away from Vicksburg. The next contributions of McRaven lore were the Murray family, purchasing the property in 1882. Four members of the family of nine, father William Murray, his wife Ellen, and daughter and son all died in the house between 1911 and 1950. Property fell into a disrepair with its occupants being two remaining Murray sisters. They lived there until 1960. The ladies were very reclusive, never leaving the property and only receiving visits from their doctors. Their property became even more overgrown and dilapidated with the sisters at one point using the antique furniture for firewood. Since the Murray sisters left the home, McRaven has gone through several other owners and restorations most recently being purchased in 2007 for the sum of, wait for it, $1.75 million. Not bad for a house that uh, began life as nothing more than a, a kitchen in a tiny bedroom. Today, the current owners have opened McRaven for both historical and haunted tours. There are reputedly somewhere between five and eight spirits roaming the grounds and halls of the house. McRaven has been featured on various ghost hunting television shows and been the subject of numerous articles about haunted places, and was most recently featured on the, a television commercial produced by our company. Oh, and um, during the filming of that commercial, our, our cameras happened to catch something that was interesting to say the least. The camera was running, but uh, we were between takes and one of the actors was telling a story totally unrelated to the production. Inexplicably, a door to one of the cabinets behind her rapidly swung open. An inspection by our admittedly skeptical crew found no strings, wires, buttons, or motors. Perhaps it was uh, the spirit of old Mary Elizabeth or maybe it was the one of the Murray siblings. I'll post the video on our Instagram page. You can decide for yourself. This episode of Strange Wanders was written and researched by Tim Mask and Cole Furlow. Sound design, editing, and narration by Cole Furlow. Strange Wanders is a production of MWP Studios and is sponsored by Visit Mississippi. 
Please follow, rate, and review Strange Wanders on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please follow the show at Strange Wanders MS on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at mwbstudios at mwb.com. And please visit our sponsor at visitmississippi.org. This wouldn't be possible without them. As always, thanks for listening. This podcast produced and distributed by MWB Studios.